yeah, yeah. So did you actually get tested or is it pretty uh... I did not get tested but there was no testing to be heard of when I when it happened when I was here in Arkansas so I just ended up staying and locked down at home and nobody around me got sick which was great but yeah I had just gone to Austin uh, the first week of March and I came back and I was laid out sick for two weeks it was just horrible jeez yeah damn so hi everybody yeah you're in the middle of a uh, welcome to another ep- another episode under lockdown of giving the mic to the wrong person we have assembled uh, a collection of co-hosts each from our various uh, par- parts of the universe uh, all under quarantine slash lockdown and or barricade yeah we gave the mic to the wrong person and now we all have diseases <laughs> Just on you, I was already diseased. I was going to say, yeah, or more diseases at this point. <laughs> All right. But yes, joining us, uh, <laughs> everybody, can you say hello to the viewing audience out there? Or, uh, slash just to, yes, uh, and or introduce yourself if you wouldn't mind. Uh, if you wouldn't mind. All right. Well, I'll go first. We can save the best for last. Whoever that is, duke it <laughs> out. Uh, hey, everyone, it's your old pal, Garrett. Um you know, just here in the frozen Northlands of, of Portland, uh, you know, just trying to scrape by. Hi, it's Nat. Uh, you may remember me from way back when. I haven't been on the podcast in a while, but uh, I'm the host of Meta Machina, M-E-T-A-M-A-S-H-I-N-A. It's a podcast on genre fiction and the femme gaze, and I'm really glad to be back and with my buddies here. Thanks for having me. Yay. Huzzah. And? I'm Jacob. I form the heart. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Gold skull. So yeah, we're... I'm on I'm on Twitch and I'm uh, sleeping like really weird hours. Like over the weekend, I think I slept like the what's it called the Uberman schedule, where it's like you sleep for like five minutes and then you're up for a few hours and you sleep for five minutes. I was doing that not on purpose and it kind of sucked. I always heard that it's not five minutes, but it's like twenty. If if you do it for twenty minutes, I can remember like back in the nineties. I heard it was if you can do it for twenty minute sections, um, you can go for you know you can do like every twenty minutes like every either like every four hours, and uh, that's all, that is quote unquote all you need. Well, I definitely was not getting what I need, so yeah, I'm kind of a wreck. But other than that, I'm kind of thriving. I've got video games. I've got a 3D printer now, and uh, nice. That's oh god, that's all I have anymore. That's all that's left. <laughs> well, you can make your own plastic consumable products. Yeah. Uh, well, I yeah. That's, I'm on the I'm, like, on, I'm on the queue for the for the face shields too. So I'm waiting to hear back on that one. Oh, the, you're you're printing them. I I I haven't heard of this. So yeah. Yeah, one of well, the... they've run into some problems with actually getting masks printed that are reliable. So what they've been doing is they just uh, use uh, a clear plastic uh, shield, and then they have a, a strap that you can basically put around your forehead, and so the shield snaps into the strap, and it's yeah. fairly simple to print the the strap on a three D printer. Mm-hmm, so right. they've been basically mass producing those because those are easy uh, to put together and. Uh, easy to assemble, as opposed to trying to come up with an actual N95 mask. Right. The uh, well, they figured like they still wouldn't figure out a way to do a, a like an N95 mask, but at least for the shield, yeah, all you need is that adjustable head strap and then like a thing of mylar, and that'll be that. Yeah. But I just wanted wanted to um, have this and say, just yeah, welcome back, Nat. It's been a while. It's uh, um, 
I was gonna say catch it if you uh if if you could like how have uh you are you're you are out in the wilderness and uh, how's it been out there um yeah i've been in arkansas since august and my life actually hasn't changed much in regards to the fact that i don't really get out very much i live in a small town of 700 people in central arkansas and so i don't really go to town very often unless it's to experience life (laughs) i live in a dry county so oh dear um yeah no shit no shit i didn't didn't realize that was like still a thing all right yeah yeah Yeah, the 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 big city in this part of the town is uh part of the world is uh, a university town so they've got it on lockdown because it's you know christian kids can't get into trouble um but we just went out grocery shopping down in little rock and to kind of social distance with my brother and uh quarantine is officially over according to arkansas people it's actually kind of disturbing um yeah Anybody... Our business is open on May 4th, but nobody's really following quarantine at all. Oh, I mean, there's people with masks and stuff, but like, it's... People... Yeah. Are they at least masked up or... Some are, but like very... The minority of people are. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Jesus didn't wear a mask. <laughs> Wait. Did... I'm trying to... No. Okay. Yeah. Well... Jesus didn't wear a mask. I had to check. He wore a... I guess he wore a cloak sometimes. Well, like, he is God and God's son, so, like, isn't he kind of wearing a costume, really? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, I mean, think, just think it over. I mean, you know, I don't think there's really a right answer necessarily, but... Yeah. I have family out in Arkansas, and I've spent some time out there, and I have very distinct memories of passing by just rows and rows of buildings that were just, like, church, bar, church, bar, church, <laughs> bar, and then there would be a cemetery, yeah, except for it's uh, Dollar General uh, business that's like maybe a front because you don't know what why they sell like the one thing that they do, um, <laughs> you know whether it's a it's a vape store or multi level marketing. Um, what else? Bait, my favorite. There's bait shops, just like entire shops dedicated to selling bait. It's fascinating. Bait is important. We bait, have a combination bait machines. Yes. Combination <laughs> auto sales and uh, gun store here in town. And uh, I always find that kind of fascinating. They also sell fresh eggs and chicken feed. Oh, that's fair. I can see that's a, uh, it's a, a combination Pretty auto and gun. Yeah. Com- combination auto and gun. Sh- that's the, <laughs> that's some G- that's some uh, GTA shit. Mm-hmm. But with the bait it in there, like- the bait in there makes it not, then makes it turns it into Saints Row. Yeah, it does feel like a programmer in a video game tried to put together one of those algorithms that automatically populates a map, but they were really bad at it. Procedural, yeah, procedurally oh. generated. Yes, that is absolutely the feel here. That... Yeah, shout out, shout out to my aunt uh, on her goat farm. Smart. I want goats. Yeah. Big ups. Yeah, that's the thing about like um, urban farming is that apparently. Uh, Goats used to be, you know, even like twenty years ago, or I should, I should say, when I when I first heard about people keeping chickens in their backyard and in like some of the um, uh, in like different sections of Chicago, I guess goats were also a big thing to keep there. And I'm kind of that's one thing about Portland is I've I've heard of people like people keep chickens here, but I haven't heard of anybody keeping goats. But then it's not something I, I, I can really lead ask. you to goats, Je- Jeremy, if you ever want that. Uh, we'll see. No, it's like I was right on the bicycle greenway. Yeah, they suck. Like goats are awful creatures. 
That's what my dad says. They're assholes. That was his they're exact mean. Word. Yeah, like yeah. one of one time they tried to like butt me off a hill for no. I, I hadn't even done anything yet. Like <laughs> you just <laughs> exist, and the goats don't like you. Yeah, I mean, not even me. Like they were just dicks to everybody. It was exhausting. And are the they bigger? Are they bigger dicks than geese? Is not that good. What are they bigger dicks than geese? I haven't had that much experience with geese, but I'm going to say yes. Mm. I mean, they can. It seems like they're more violent, or they can do more damage, at least. Did you get any uh, big demonstrations out there in Arkansas? Of, um, I don't really know. I have, I have tried not to pay attention to it. And then the news is on all the time, and yeah. I know that those ones are... I think most of those were in other states, but we don't even get, like... <laughs> we just don't have the, the energy here for it. It's yeah. just, There's not enough people. Well, I think but, that was a pretty big demonstration in Washington. Yes. Uh-huh. I mean, relatively speaking, it was like a thousand people. But... Well, we all know who lives in Washington. I mean, I'm from there. I can I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh, well, I think part of it is also it's mainly in states that um, that they're mainly targeting states where they where like the governors are actually like trying to pe- keep people locked down. Like, but the. Um, yeah. Yeah. And everything from this is everything from, you know, like I said, Washington to Michigan to uh, to North Carolina to take your pick. I don't know. It's it's kind of a thing where that's um, that uh, that second wave is coming and um, uh, and it's it's going to be grim. Yeah, that's the thing I'm concerned about. But so uh, but anyway, so you've been out there. Like, how's uh, how's life been out there? It's like, is it just kind of different or and so you've just been like set up your own, like, you know, just podcasting from uh, podcasting from uh, from the rural life? Yeah, I mean, I have it's an it's interesting out here because we are definitely getting the brunt of the weird climate change. Well, not weird, but just the climate change. Like we've had tornado warnings consistently every month for the last since I moved here. And it's just kind of nightmarish because when these storms blow through you're like your whole house shakes and we don't have a storm like a storm shelter or anything like that we just have to worry about putting the cats in the bathroom but it's yeah and i don't get out much like i said it's a bit of a drive into town uh but everybody's really nice here i don't know i don't have anything against it i like it uh mm. it's just really weird because when people ask me what i do or like if i have a life i do not have one i live at home with my grandmother and basically am a hermit so <laughs> but it's been nice because in this time like everybody is into meeting up online and social interactions via skype which is works out really really well for somebody like me that's in a remote location so no complaints yeah we're all hermits who live with our grandmothers now mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah there's one thing um that um just hearing about like especially when they like um when they when they start when they closed down all the universities last month just like having you know i just i can just think back of even when i was a student have you know all, all of those you know just millions of uh, students having to be <laughs> it's like compulsory having to move home and live with your parents and it's like that would <laughs> like even at the time i could barely tolerate mine for like more than four days at a time and just like the fact, you know having to be a you know having to be like 20 or 21 years old and having to like you know just well, getting locked down with your folks just seems um, like a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things. Well, I mean, you you can just follow the advice of your favorite editorials and just stay in the east wing of your mansion and not have to interact <laughs> with them at all. That is a good idea. I, I never think of that when the time comes. You know, there's I'm some, driving. I'm driving there, back home, and I'm like, shit. I could have stayed in the east wing. Although there's some real wild takes coming out on this whole thing. I got to say. 
No, I think I think the well, it wasn't I think the actual well, it wasn't the actual take, not the East Wing. It was you know treat us you know stay in your guest room and t- treat that like a vacation or something. It's like hey, be your own be, be your own Airbnb trip or something. Yeah, it's like some. Uh, it's like some. It's definitely some like like a, like a like a, a couple who's been ma- maybe like a couple who's been married for too long starts to get into role play and like a, a, just only of a different form. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw Parasite. I know rich people are into role play. <laughs> well, you knew that before you saw that. Uh, and I mean, like, all these celebrities were like, wow, the exotic animals in my vivarium are just kind of depressed lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, the, you know, that's one of the things. It's like the, the eternal thing of, like, uh, celebrities doing celebrity shit, which means, like, you know, you all... <laughs> All of you assholes are sitting on a collectively of like, you know, of uh, assets of several billion. Just pull your money and start buying shit with it. Come on. Oh, yeah. Did you guys get your Corona bucks yet? Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, I got my uh, I got that. And I got I think I got um, got my extent uh, my extended unemployment for like two weeks worth around that time. Oh, of course. See, that was- I I'm in a I'm in a bit of trouble here though because uh, my check's apparently getting mailed to me and i can't on good principle sign it because it has donald trump's uh name on it and cash it so um like i don't know like I, i'm not going to accept money from donald trump yeah you should you own know. him and uh and not flush it not, was he not right yeah yeah, yeah not true um you gotta remember uh, the it was the the day we we're recording this chuck schumer said that he was putting in a stipulation to prevent uh, Trump from signing the little memo section of the check. So yeah, that'll get him. Amazing. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad the leaders are in the right place. The Democratic leader in the Senate. Yeah. Ah, what a guy. What an effective dude. So the next check is gonna like have a fucking hologram of Donald Trump like pop up and being like, "You're welcome." You have the little beamed <laughs> for me. Little little beamed up blue scanline thing as if you're what you know like sort of like Star Wars, uh, uh, Star Wars hollow. Yeah, now that I'm, I've got every confidence in the Democrats to go ahead and take <laughs> care of that situation. To take Jacob. care of anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Get get your special someone a fur coat. Here you go. That's my Trump. That's as good as I can do. Yeah. He it's was good. people. I, Thank you. I, Thank I, you, Dan. Yeah. Well, don't you remember the last time they tried to do a stimulus check, and uh, that was when I think so many people uh, immediately burned that on a uh, on a brand new PlayStation Two. Yeah, because I was, remember there was an onion, an onion at the time, and it was like a uh, 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 George W. Bush looking through Crutchfield catalog for what he's <laughs> going to use on his check. He's like, I, these speakers look pretty sweet. <laughs> Those were simpler times, y'all. What was Crutchfield? I'm definitely going to buy Final Fantasy VII Remake with my stimulus here. Did, did you play the original? Oh, yeah, of course. I did what? not. I have not played any Final Fantasies. Really? You've been missing out. I played seven and ten. I watched the movie. Oh, uh, Advent Children? I love that. No, I no, was... no, no, no. It's not f- bad. The spirit, the Final Fantasy, what is it? It's not oh, Advent Spirits Children. Within. Yeah, Spirits I Within. Yeah, I watched that too. I went to see it opening in the theater, and that was one of the most interesting experiences of my high school life. Yeah. My, <laughs> my buddy Chris and I, so we I saw that at the, at the theater. I remember thinking to myself, huh. Okay. It's a downer. 
No, well, yeah. it's almost much like uh, much like how I remember when we saw Waterworld. We're like, this would make this would make much more sense if it was an anime. Uh, Spirits with uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within would be, would have been far more passable, especially with the dialogue they had and the plotting, if it had just been in Japanese. Because it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's all this dialogue. It's just been, tri- it's been, you know, <laughs> we're watching dialogue that's been all like, you know, fan subbed. So of course it's kind of, tra- it's kind of off. You know, that would make make it perfect sense. But oh, they they hyped that movie so much, and then you know it was just trash. <laughs> it was yeah, <laughs> I felt so bad. The it visuals was- were great, but the story and everything. Yeah, not well, good. It was so trash. Sony Sony had to close their CGI studio. Mm-hmm. Like, the only thing they, that studio made was that movie and that one in the section of the Animatrix, and they had to close it. So, Pour one out. Yep. Apps so, in chat. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but but Nat, as is, is you're as... I guess you were the one who, um, in fact, I think originally we were trying to get you when our last little like Corin chat episode. So you're the one who only got really, you know, got hit pretty. Um, can you talk about like getting hit pretty hard from from this thing? Um, yeah, um, I mean, it, it was kind of like I've kind of had a year of like God's judgment of punishment upon me. So I, you know, my job ended, my remote job that I was working from Portland. And I decided to take a break before I applied to new jobs. And then I was going to go, I went on a vacation to Austin, um, right before they shut down South by Southwest and, um, visited some friends, had a good time and came back and I got so sick that I just couldn't even move for a week. It was bad. Uh, I suspect it was COVID. I couldn't get tested at the time just because resources and I didn't have health insurance. Um, and I just wasn't going to go through the effort. Um, did you have the breathing thing? Yeah, I did. Um, I, it was it was mainly um, like I lost my sense of smell and taste too. It was really interesting. <laughs> I couldn't wait. Well, did you get it back? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, because that's like ever since I heard about that, I've gotten like super paranoid. <laughs> you get you get it back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When I was sick, I was just like, um, you know, it was mostly in my chest and throat, and I was just couldn't. Yeah, it was it was bad, and um, my family was worried and everything like that. But like I I've I go through these bouts pretty often, so. Uh, you know smoker that kind of thing so um you know it's god's justice like i said and (laughs) um but yeah no it's and since i've just i've really i've just checked out like mentally because my grandma watches news all day every day and she's uh, super obsessed with trump and talking about trump because she's very liberal in that sense and so she's watching like msnbc or all day every day yeah she swears at the altar of msnbc including like Loves Rachel Maddow. Oh, boy. Uh, was trying to tell me about Dr. Fauci on SNL, played by Brad Pitt, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, he nailed it. Did you guys see it? No. no. JK, I didn't see it either. <laughs> didn't they do it? Wasn't it like an I entire... screenshot, and it was horrifying. Wasn't it like... Didn't have like, didn't they do like a, like two weeks worth of like people just shot the stuff at their own apartments or something? Or like they were just like a bunch of like remote pieces or what? Because it was like like SNL at home or I don't know. Did they do some sort of like conceptual bit where everybody? <laughs> yes, they did their own version of Peep Show, where uh, everybody just talked into the camera and it just and it would just uh, it would cut to speaker view or something. Mm-hmm. And everyone's horribly embarrassed in every scene. Yeah, and we, the audience, delight in it. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, how's oh, it going up there in Portland in for Star you? Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars also happened to you. Uh, let's not talk about that. That that was that was the reason why I haven't podcasted in a while. It was not the reason, but it was one of the reasons because I went, I you know helped, 
arrange a premiere showing in LA and ended up doing yeah (laughs) yeah sorry I didn't mean to like turn it into a whole thing I was just adding that to the list yeah thank you for reminding me of my deep-seated trauma um yeah so I and a bunch of other women arranged for a showing of the rise of skywalker and then when the leaks dropped about basically this just how awful the movie was like a few days before we were all meeting up um we basically did crisis intervention and grief counseling for a whole two weeks it was really interesting wow um (laughs) in person or remotely (laughs) in person and remotely uh a lot of people were having severe breakdowns and i think it was mostly just because we were all really excited about the sequel trilogy after The Last Jedi because we were very invested in the story. Mm-hmm. And then, based you know, they made a movie for the guys that record in their trucks on about how much they hate the SJWs <laughs> ruining Star Wars. I mean, that well, was the and, movie that was made for them. And the so. globalists. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so, um, yeah, my that was just the beginning of my year and i think you know i've just accepted my lot in life and i'm happy just to escape into any form of media that doesn't make me feel unhappy anymore yeah that's where i'm at i can't do current events right now no we seem to be made to suffer it's our lot in life oh i know that's from something but i can't remember what it's a line of dialogue fault in our stars star trek Trek, yeah uh, there everyone is uh, both of you are right so that's so that's so yeah sure <laughs> yes there we go the uh, the list of ladies of um of uh, miladies list of miladies Scott miladies <laughs> the list of miladies <laughs> yeah miladies the ladies the list of mil- yeah miladies maladies there you go <laughs> on a second note I've been watching a lot of the um the found footage fest guys have their own show now called VCR Party Live um which is kind of like a uh, a, a weekly youtube version of their touring show and i have been like binging on a lot of that and it's um their their opening uh their opening message to everyone is always well hello melinda's uh based on a uh, which is an in joke based on a uh a, uh a reality show that nick of uh, nick nolte walking into a like a medical clinic and greeting uh greeting the staff so they uh they um they enjoyed it so much they took it on as a running joke and, was that uh, was it when he, when he was on like celebrity rehab? <laughs> maybe it was around the time. Yeah, it was definitely like it was definitely like you know between like oh one to oh three. Yeah. But um. So yeah. So like that's a endless train of maladies. Um. But yeah, that's that's rough. And then, and then getting and then getting uh, getting hit with the stuff. That's <laughs> just imagine like yeah we we are that's that's the thing. It's like we you know. Um, everybody talks about living through historic times, but the part uh, the part that um, I don't think that that somehow never makes the history books is that everybody has personal experiences, but like just how many just like just dumb stories that we that we will have from them. And it's like, well, I was you know, uh, yeah, I was alive back then, and it was pretty much just like talking to people on screens for several hours a day, multiple days a week. Yep. You guys want to know anything else about it? Oh yeah, we'll have our COVID stories for the the youngsters back when we're sitting on a porch with their rocking chair. Yeah, um, no, it's just extremely stupid. Everything about this timeline is extremely stupid, and I would like to have <laughs> some evidence that <laughs> <laughs> we can get we can get out of it. I don't know. Yeah, the um, 
the show well, that... Just make sure you vote blue. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ, exactly. Like, that's the thing that broke me. I had a, like, night of yeah. tequila. Same disease. <laughs> I, I was going to say, well, well, first, um, uh, like, you know, there, there's the podcast done by all the, the ex-cracked people, actually called Worst Year Ever, that was originally going to be about the uh, the election, and kind of like, then kind of like became true, because it just became, they were like, well, we're talking about this now, but the theme song really is, is, uh, is uh, Cody Johnston on his, on his mandolin, and everyone's seen about how everything is dumb, 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 da dumb, dumb, now. <laughs> Everything is so, you know, everything is so dumb and it's going to get dumber. But um, no, but it's, it's one of the things where I just realized you just imagine, imagine the historical films that are going to be set during this period and like the, the small indie, the small indie prestige dramas or <laughs> About even, your or, Tinder date the last two months. <laughs> yeah. Or even, or even though, even better like the uh, God, it's uh, how many should we place wagers for how long before we see our first, uh, the first Oscar bait, uh, uh, picture set during the you know set during this because I don't know it'll be about the true heroes you know yeah the yeah. underpaid Kroger employees yeah this this yeah. yeah the selfless this yeah like you know, someone I think God it was it it was uh, I can't remember if it was actually there was a bunch of people like from Matt Chrisman to uh, Adam Johnson like and a bunch of people online have talked about how like all of the selfless hero talk is effectively just you know normalizing mass death in terms of either people or uh you know of you know underpaid medical staff of like oh they're 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 so selfless you know they're they are uh, they're you know they're sacrificing themselves to help us out and it's like no they're you know they're they're held hostage it's you know they have to do this otherwise you know it's kind of a thing we've well, got we've what got, do you think a draft is at least well a draft is at least I mean, uh, we we have all sorts of unwilling heroes like that's kind of Built into it almost. Well, yeah, but we haven't had mass conscription, um, literal mass conscription in fifty years. Sure, and but I, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who went to Vietnam who uh, got turned into heroes who sure didn't want to. Yeah, but I think that was um, this one. I think is separate because of this is stuff that of um, can, uh, it, with the draft, people are taken from the regular from their regular jobs and shoved into military service. This is all. Yeah. This is all people taking their regular jobs and now being treated as if they were, you know, kind of like selfless heroes, valiantly, you know, being do, doing care work instead of like being forced to continue their day yeah. jobs. It's just the media copy pasting from the last crisis. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's uh, it's. You know, it's you know the the go to heroes are troops, of course. But then when nine eleven happens, it's first responders, and then whenever fucking I don't know when it's uh, when it's the financial crisis, it's Larry Summers and uh, the All committee right. to save the world. Anyway, what I'm looking forward to is the taut Blumhouse horror thriller where there's a kid who's like looking out at during the middle of the quarantine he's like mommy mommy there's someone outside and they're not wearing a mask <laughs> <laughs> this fall oh, and they got somebody like frantically running outside and the cops like hey you can't do that <laughs> somebody tries walking their dog and then a unmasked jogger passes by <laughs> way too range. close way too close Definitely not six feet. Yeah, yeah. I, I just watched Invisible Man, so I am very hyped up for this. <laughs> How was that movie? I heard it was horrifying. Uh, well, I mean, it's a horror movie, so mission accomplished, I guess. Boom. 
I really liked it. Yeah, the uh, even like the the red letter media guys were like, "Yeah, this is great." So yeah, okay. I mean, I've only heard good things, but I hadn't been in a rush. But I'm gonna. Me and McKendry had had it in mind to watch, so it's definitely Maybe. better than the one with the uh, what was it, Kevin Spacey? Kevin Bacon. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, whatever. Hollow Man. It's, the, uh, it's the, one of those Kevins. The Hollow Man better the, than the, the one with Kevin Spacey. The uh, the one the Verhoeven one, which I never actually did see. It was not. I great. I only I never saw it either. But uh, was that the one Elizabeth Shue was in? Mm-hmm. She had some uh, choice stories about Verhoeven. I heard on a podcast when she she was not she was not into that dude. Right. <laughs> His entire I mean, brand is not not cool. Yeah. yeah. But um oh, no, but the oh, no that was Hollow Man. My bad. Yeah, it was, it's Hollow Man, not the Invisible Man. Although it was that's it effectively it was an Invisible Man story. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um no, but earlier it was about better than that. Yeah, that's the fun thing is like yeah, all the uh, all like the political campaign shit happening at the exact same time as all the other you know as all this other garbage, and it's been like it's I don't know it's um everything's happening at once and it's all stupid. Great summary there. Very it accurate. really it really is like a like a slow motion train wreck, and it's like you can go stand in front of the train and try to push back against it, but really you can't actually. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's- it's enough to make you want to eat a $20 pint of ice cream. Have you done that recently? I can't fit any ice cream in my freezer. I've tried. It's actually really depressing. But, um, let's say, Jacob, remember your topical references aren't going to hit as hard because of it. Take, remember, it takes a few days for me to turn this around. That's fine. I'll, I, I can record some new stuff when you're ready. Yeah, um, he'll come back in and do punch up. Oh boy, yeah. The um, well, that was one of the things that, that I I well, I just want to say though, I think the ice cream thing is going to be like a thing. They're like running ads on that now. Well, I think it's only going to be a thing. I mean, it's it's only a thing for the moment, and you know, only for a moment, and then the moment's gone, as the line goes. Um, yeah, but I don't know. To, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're locked in a fucking black hole where time stretches out to eternity. So it's true. Yeah. No, but we're also you got to remember we're also uh, um. We're also, you know, to to, to you know, to quote the person who Garrett has a has a poster on in in his in his room there. You know, well, decades are happening in weeks, so there's gonna be, there's gonna be there's gonna be another five or six moments before I can even you know, even if I turn this thing out within forty eight hours, there's gonna be another like bunch of even dumber stories. Is that the whole quote? I don't remember saying that. Yes. <laughs> I think it's it's I mean it's 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 and that's a poster of Rick Moranis. I know it's a funny angle, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of people thinks it look like look like it looks like somebody else. Hey, the, he is coming in. He's coming back from retirement. He's gonna uh, he's gonna be in the. Uh, he said he announced he's gonna be in the uh, the next Honey I Shrunk the whatever. They're rebooting that franchise too. Lovely. We really are at the end of uh, the a road, aren't we? A gritty reboot. Mm-hmm. You know, see, it's it's one thing to. Um, you what know, would the gritty reboot be like? He shrunk the kids, and they're just they're just dead. Uh, well, I mean, it was pretty scary with the ants and stuff. Yeah. So maybe just like totally, like, you know, up the uh, the fear factor there. It would be like yeah. I don't know. I mean, more like more like, like Fantastic Voyage. Only you have to send in like SEAL Team Six or something. Now, now all the kids are as small as a coronavirus. So they that <laughs> <laughs> you found it. You found it. It's inner space, but it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. The modern Dennis Quaid classic. Myself, by the way, everybody. Nice. Nice. But um, 
<laughs> inner space. I saw that movie like a thousand times. I didn't really warrant it. I just lived by I by a dollar theater, so there were you know two movies. The, no, I just remember we got it on home video, and that was where uh, a couple times. It wasn't until later that I realized that it has like it has like multiple SCTV people in uh, in cameo roles, and that's where I got the expression rock and roll. Uh, uh, you know, that's how I picked that up for, for, just to say you know, just like rock and roll. So <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. That's just the line Dennis Quaid says. But um, but yeah, movie. That's one thing is I have I have learned how to one of the skills picked up in uh, in lockdown has been how to host a um, uh, how to you know how to host like a distance <laughs> a distance group movie watching through Discord or uh, or even through uh, Netflix. Although the Netflix did, the Netflix one doesn't it doesn't it, it it doesn't allow for voice chat and voice chat's like half the fun. Yeah, we did the Netflix one on Friday. We watched uh, Like Water for Chocolate, which I had never seen before. Uh, pretty good. Uh, and, yeah, I, I didn't feel like the Netflix thing really added anything to it. I forget. Is Johnny Depp currently canceled or uncanceled? I'm having trouble keeping <laughs> no, he's up. Still can't. Um, I don't know either, to this, be honest with you. At this point, he still uh, probably still is. It's always... I mean, for like weird, like a for like weird, not weird, but like for uh, abuse allegations. Yeah, but apparently, like Amber Heard, like cut off his finger or something. Which oh, sweet. She was Op- apparently Kate abusive said. to him as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, these kind of things are just messy. Yeah. <laughs> you really have to go off the filmography in situations like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's just got the longer track record. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But what was it? Uh, but yeah, it turns out that the it's, it was able to have been able to show stuff like everything from like I think we, the, the first test screen was showing the uh, the two uh, the kind of like two parter of, of Deep Space Nine where they go back in time to start a uh, start a like a lumpen proletariat revolution and do like I got like fifteen people on that so that was kind of fun to watch. And Johnny Depp's there? Uh, no, Johnny Depp was was probably at the time he would have been starring in Benny in June. Around, oh, that, uh, okay. around that era, actually, no. This would that, that, no. I take it back. This, you know, this would have been the, um, Ed Wood would have been the Johnny Depp thing that was concurrent with that episode. Yeah, that's a pretty good movie. Yeah, the uh, but I do recommend it. Actually, is if you can get the, the right movie in the right crowd um, on like you know just doing like you know riffing on something on on Discord, it's a lot of fun. Like the uh, we did do uh, on uh, on. My internet friend Chucky's uh, out of uh, he's out of uh, out of East Bay. He hosted one where we were watching Never Too Young to Die, which was the mid '80s John Stamos and Vanity fight a cross-dressing Gene Simmons is effectively, and he is uh, he is he is literally like a James Bond Junior character in that George Lazenby plays his, his like kind of like uh, spy father. And um, that's that was uh, that was that, that was a hell of a time. I heavily recommend it. Yeah, the, the never too young to die. I think the entire thing's on YouTube or something by this point. We watched nice. uh, the core as a group as well. Uh, if y'all haven't seen the core, that's a that's a fun bad movie. It's that's, a fun bad movie. That's the one where they have to like go to the center of the earth, right? Yes, that is that is the one, and it has a uh, one of my favorite actors, Stanley Tucci, in it, and. and the best thing about Stanley Tucci, especially in that movie, is that it's not a good movie. But man, does that guy fucking sell it? He's gonna act. No I one's gonna stop him. Boycotted that movie because it 
was scientifically inaccurate and it didn't show the truth of hollow earth so i gave it a pass didn't they well you know that's that's you're right you know it was controversial i remember at the time i saw the picketers uh but i went i went ahead and watched it anyway what about you nat have you seen any good movies uh no i'm still in asian drama land which has been really really great for me so cannot ever turn that down but it's really weird to talk about people like my family or friends who are not familiar with the genre because they immediately kind of their eyes glaze over i think um (laughs) television drama or or film drama television dramas it's uh basically like prestige chinese and korean television Mm -hmm. and it's good stuff uh, I would say it is the superior TV, and uh, I will stand by that statement. So you're so. saying it's it's prestige TV? Well, I mean, it's the highest budget, highest production value stuff. So it's the good stuff with the good actors, how, you know. How much do yeah. they... But, speaking of, on Friday, we're going to watch Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Is that on your radar at all? It's an Ang Lee film? No, but I would be down to watch something. I do remember yeah. when that. I remember that one when that was, if not in theaters, at least came out on tape because I can remember people talking about that. That's like mid nineties, isn't it? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I don't. I don't know when. I've never seen it before. McKendry's really into uh, cooking right now. Uh, she made shakshuka tonight, which was delicious. Oh, I and, love shakshuka. Uh, dude, it was so fucking good. And her brother uh, has been baking, so he we had like a, a homemade loaf of bread, and then she grilled the bread. And we ate the shashuk. It was fucking fantastic. Ooh, anyway, amazing. so she wants to watch. Uh, she wants to watch food movies. So that's why we watched Like Water for Chocolate, and that's why we're going to watch Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Isn't um, is it Tampopo? Isn't it Tampopo or Tampoco? One of the uh, it's Tampopo, but I've never. I don't know anything about it. Just the just the name. Hang on. There's a um, what is the there is a um, it's on Netflix. There is a. I'm looking up now. There is a what is it called? Ah, that's what it is. Um, Samurai Gourmet. You might you might dig that. Mm-hmm. Which is a um, a uh, a a kind of like recent retiree, kind of a salary man who you know is kind of he is kind of like forcibly retired and now can't really. Um, and it's kind of like trying to figure out what to do with his days because he doesn't go to work and he wanders around, goes into a cafe and and. At some point, has such a d- delicious meal. Imagines himself as a Roman samurai back, you know, back in the Sengoku period, and it's kind of a thing of like it is. I think like a. I don't know if you want to call it a comedy or a drama, but it's definitely a very um, like kind of like a time, like a time jumping uh, TV series set around Japanese food, that which is heavy, heavy on the food porn. That sounds fantastic. And uh, and <laughs> the um, and uh, Google uh, DuckDuckGo rather is telling me that there's now a uh, series called "A Tale of Samurai Cooking: A True Love Story" is on there too, which is a romantic Japanese film. Yeah, about cooking. I will have to watch it. I got into Japanese dramas recently too, and they are amazing because they are they do not mind being trashy. Uh, the one I'm watching right now, Kakafukaka, is about a girl. T- moves in with uh, her ex-boyfriend and he can't get an erection for two years uh, so he asks her to sleep with him it's really really <laughs> just ridiculous for my I know it's probably making listeners uncomfortable but yeah no we know we it's not it's not no so we know our audience you know they know what yeah they know what they're here for 
Yeah, if you're into some trashy shit, this is this is where you go. How much okay. is that? That sounds very manga. That sounds like the premise. It is a manga. Absolutely. Gotcha. Did it it get adapted or? Oh, yeah. Pretty much all the dramas in Japanese are previously manga. The um, how much do in 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 pan Pan Asian or just, you know, Southeast Asian um, prestige TV? How much does it rely on the American uh, prestige TV? Probably English prestige TV too. Now that I think of it, uh, like tropes or crutches of just trying to like um, trying to like gussy up, just like you know, uh, blood nudity for you know in a in a quote unquote respectable uh, guys of like no, this is like this is serious TV. You can this is TV. You know this is television. You know designed for you to feel good about yourself for watching. Oh, and here's uh, here's some bar- barely uh, some thinly veiled titillation. <laughs> you you won't find a lot of nudity. You won't find even like kissing on the mouth and some. Um, so hell yeah, but that sounds the, like my the kind vi- of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like it's it's a different form of love. But um, <laughs> there's a lot more violence, which is great, and it's always like it, it depends on what country you're talking about. Chinese dra- dramas that have lots of violence are incredible because they typically fall in the uh, you know martial arts category, like wuxia, where it's like yeah. <laughs> just insane action um and in korean dramas they'll do like a much more stylistically cinemato- cinematographically like beautiful f- filming just gorgeous but like the blood will be just like just like dramatic as fuck it's great it's like um and even just like these mild like romance romance comedies will have some pretty hardcore stuff in them which i, I just think is great yeah they don't shy away from violence, sexuality a little bit more, but so it's full on like Shogun Assassin, like arterial sprays or something. Oh yeah, for sure. So so Nat, if you were to to recommend one of those dramas, uh, just to like like ge- like like generic person, like you met at a party, they're interested in it by talking to you. Which one would you recommend? It would depend on where they want to watch it. If they're going to watch it on Netflix, they're going to just have a staple of a lot of more of the kind of romantic genre, unfortunately. Okay. Um, you, If you wanted to watch something historical that has superb acting, Rise of the Phoenixes is on Netflix. The ending is really... It's a really, really long one. It's like 60-something episodes, and it's really, the ending is not good, but the actual story and stuff is interesting. But I would highly recommend, and I'm watching it right now, it's free on... Um, what is that stupid alternative YouTube that's French video Vimeo or whatever, right? Like or oh, something. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, I don't know Vimeo was French. But... Fire. Oh, sorry, what was that again? Watch Nirvana in Fire. It is one of the best TV shows I've ever watched in my entire life, and I would call it and compare it to the Chinese Game of Thrones, but not a fantasy. It definitely has the martial arts wuxia sect um you know the mar- the pugilist world uh the you know martial artists and emperors and stuff like that but it's 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 a historical drama that's about a a takedown after like a post like a revenge story basically and the main character played by Hugh Gay is like are, is really 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 good and yeah i couldn't i can't even begin to tell you how good the drama is <laughs> how, how much do they feature? Um, how much do they feature food in the series? Because that's one of the things about like 
especially like um, wushu uh, martial arts films, that there's always <laughs> because there's always dining sequences. So it's one of those things where we would go see them at like the the Hollywood theater, and then I come out of it and I'm like, damn it, I want you know, I want dim sum. I want you know, I want Chinese. Oh food. my want, god, yeah, I I'm Chinese always constantly hungry watching dramas, especially <laughs> like it's because a lot of like especially Korean dramas, a lot of the you know like. Or the the modern dramas in in general will be focused around meals, and so like a lot of scenes will take place with these just gorgeous spreads of food, and nobody's eating because, you know, they're talking. Yeah, they're and you're t- like, I just want. So I've I've got it on my quarantine like post quarantine like list now that I've I've just been looking up wherever I can go. There are no Korean barbecue within like even in Little Rock, so within an hour and a half. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> but. There is a hot pot place in Little Rock that I'm going to go to. That's like kind of a secret that I found out about that I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to go get some hot pot by myself because that's how I do. And uh, yeah. Well, you should look for the local uh, um, Little Rock hot pot enthusiast club and maybe you could go on a day and then you'd all have something ready to talk about or go by yourself. That's up to you, of course. Um, I don't really know if I can find enthusiasts in Little Rock. If somebody is listening and can hook me up, that's great. I went to like a Comic-Con convention here, and I swear to God, like the only artist that they invited I recognized from Comicsgate. So we're just going to like pass up that. And <laughs> I probably know who it is. You do. Uh, we <laughs> talked about this. Oh, God. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my life. So, um yeah, that is one of the things we do. Yeah, we we always, a standing standing request on the show is if uh, for anybody who has suggestions as to good plain, Korean places to eat in the Portland metro area, please send them to giving the mic at gmail dot com. And um, yeah, there's also one of the things I've been trying to figure out because during of because like so many places have delivery, you know, d- delivery uh, perimeters. I guess there's with you know is one word for it. But like all, all of the really good places are, you know, have are, are been pulled out of the city center and like flung out to like, you know, like Beaverton or Hillsboro or way down on 82nd. So I just want Arby's. I just want Arby's so bad. I don't know why. I just I dude, you can get it freaking me out. I wanted Arby's pretty badly, too. <laughs> it's very like, I'm out of range, apparently, for Arby's. It's a real bar. Yeah. I want Arby's. If I if I sneak out and get Arby's, I will hook you up. OK. I apparently offended Natasha. Oh no, she. A lot no, of people, Arby's hater over there. People have strong feelings about Arby's. It's the. It's I do, the, uh, I don't even like Arby's. I just want it for some reason. I have it about. I would say like twice a year, and, and that's about as much as I need to. But I think it's not bad. The fries are. Did you guys see Sonic the Hedgehog yet? I did not. <laughs> no, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Why would anyone watch Sonic the Hedgehog? I don't know. Is it on Netflix? Is it? Uh... I mean, I did, but I'm basically the, the, <laughs> I'm basically the media raccoon. I just spend all of my time just rummaging through trash and then washing it clean before shoving it into my mouth. <laughs> we need you and expect you to do that. Well, don't uh, I mean, don't people take erotic delight in Sonic the Hedgehog? Would those people watch that movie, or would they find it disappointing? You know, well, I think there's material there for them. I would think so too. You know, it's like it is their, it is their thing. Like you know, put up on a big screen. Yeah, there's definitely some shipping you could get out of that. Okay, my internet's back. Good. Hey, there okay. you are. Ah, 
You just dropped completely for a second there. Okay, that's rough. Yeah, the uh, you Sorry just you, you just you just missed some important um, Sonic the Hedgehog movie talk. Ooh, yeah, which is my it, favorite subject. Yeah, and like I said, that's going to be the. <laughs> Did uh, you see it, Matt? No, I heard good things though. Mm. It's the best video game movie ever. Better, it can't be better than Mortal Kombat. It's the second best video game movie ever. <laughs> that's what I thought. Super Mario Brothers. That's a different kind of good. Yeah. I love that movie. It's I liked Mortal Kombat when I was a kid. No, I st- I still like Mortal Kombat because it's like you have um it is like some of the fights are fun and Christopher Lambert is in take taking absolutely nothing seriously whatsoever and yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget Napalm Death makes it onto the soundtrack. That's fun. That's true. <laughs> but um at the time I would have been excited by that. Now I don't care about napalm death anymore. Yeah, these things happen. Yeah, but um, it's hell? just noise. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the hell we were, uh, what we, what we were talking about before uh, uh, Nat dropped off, or you know, not, not like we're we're extensively covering any particular uh, any particular subject here. This is kind of like a you know, you well, know. Nat, Nat was at the helm. We were talking uh, Chinese and oh, yes. Korean, etc. I feel uh-huh. bad always talking about those. I feel like one of those people that just is like a broken record, and I talk about the same thing over and over again. So <laughs> we can talk about something everybody. Well, this knows. is the first I've heard of it. So well, yeah, I'm, I was going to say this is this. It, but... you know, well, this is you know, this is about you know the original mission statement for the show was uh, talking to people about their cultural obsessions. So yeah, yeah, and I've been streaming on a K drama that's coming out right now because we're just kind of following it. it. It's being released weekly on Netflix. It's really hilariously dumb um, in a good way. It's about a parallel universe where the in, the, the modern day Korea is a kingdom that was is never invaded by China apparently, so that they like, maintained their uh, monarchy, another constitutional mon- monarchy. Uh, ostensibly the show is not about that it is about the parallel universe thing where and a magical flute it's it's really hard to explain without context oh. <laughs> is it be- i anyway. wasn't really feeling it until the flute got into the mix yeah then i thought is it legend of zelda is this a like no it tur- no it tur- it's it's basically what is used to cross between worlds Oh, then it is Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, oh. and, a, it's, um, and a little tornado comes and sweeps you up or, and takes you to another world. Or I guess you're right then. I can't nice. believe I missed out on that. Link to the past, or um, see how many? Wait, how many? Uh, how many? Um, I'm think of how many Zelda titles had the flute where you like both, where it would not only take you to a different place in your world, but it would take you to like another some a place someplace else. And I think. In, in Link to the Past, this is this is almost exactly where my video game knowledge stops. Uh, Link to the Past, it will take you to like an alternate. No, that was a mirror. Yeah, I guess that was a mirror. That was more like the dark. You flip to the dark side to the. Uh, okay. I think the flute always had the same function. I'm going to use my flute and take this to a different direction. Uh, Natasha, I have been in a really just grouchy mood lately, and I've been watching a lot of like really dark depressing stuff like Mm -hmm. a lot of horror a lot of thrillers a lot of like i'm thinking about maybe even going back and rewatching hannibal if you were going to recommend a uh chinese or korean show for me do you have anything that would sort of fit that description something that's like really gritty and mean and super depressing yeah um no that's just depressing but like dark you know um 
there are there is content like that out there but i have not been watching it like i i've i've been escapist for like half a year now where i only want to watch stuff that has a happy ending i've been trying to get into more depressing shit um (laughs) this sounds so weird um i'm trying to open up my interest to stuff that isn't so that that is has tragedy and angst and stuff like that but i couldn't recommend anything off the top of my head with with regards to dramas Um, i think people react to stress differently mm -hmm. for me throughout this entire thing i've just been really looking for other people who have it worse than i do so i can be like haha owned Mm -hmm. i'm not that poor bastard have you ever seen jacob have you ever seen the movie blindness no that's a fucking depressing movie you're welcome i'll check it out what's it about somebody can't smell (laughs) <laughs> that's an uh, excellent question jeremy like to see you using your imagination uh, thank you um, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, it's a, i'm well known for it's it a, it's about uh, a blindness that kind of overcomes humanity all at once it's actually a pretty intriguing premise if you if you read the premise uh and it, it starts off pretty promising the 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 the, the, the i guess one of the interesting things about the blindness and i don't know because it was based on a novel uh is that symbolically I don't know if this is it, it, in what way this is or could be symbolically interesting, but it, it's it's a white, like everyone's vision goes white rather than dark. You know what I mean? Uh, and I was really, and it's got great actors in it. It's like Mark Ruffalo's in it, Julianne Moore, Gal Garcia Bernal. Uh, oh, that was, that was nice. the uh, Saramago uh, book, right? Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at the IMDb and that's what it says. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it's a depressing ass movie, or at least that was my recollection of it. It's been more than ten years since I've seen it. All right, well I'll check it out. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, one of the things we've been watching and stuff is um, again just uh, group watching bad horror films. Like we watched, um, we watched Jason X, which um, I <laughs> Jason don't, in space. Jason in space. Yes, I never actually seen. I just remember. Hearing about like we know way back when apparently it was supposed to be released. It was like finished, supposed to be released sometime in like nineteen in either in like ninety nine or two thousand, and they got pushed back. And watching it now, and it really does look like um, it's shot like a sci fi original film. Like the opening credits is like is straight a like the PlayStation One era uh, 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 cutscene with like just. Ter- like <laughs> hilariously bad uh, late nineties CGI, but the the movie itself is effectively the screenwriter so wanted to make his own version of like Alien and Aliens, only where uh, where Jason is the xenomorph, but also like insert himself as one of the crewmen and and gave him and named himself after uh, Tom Skerritt's character from Alien. Are and you kidding a, me? Oh my god! Oh uh, yes, and it, and it, yes, and it does have. It does have, um, and it does have an android, of course, uh-huh. and yeah. So does it have uh, a face hugger? No, like I said, the the it, no, but it does have. Um, it does. They deliberately styled Jason's mask after uh, a predator faceplate. I'm just Jeez. imagining like the machete just popping out of somebody's chest and then just looking around and screeching before skittering away. <laughs> Um, the, with the, not the uh, not the not the not the screeching part, but definitely uh, definitely the popping part. So that made me that made me think of uh, around the same time, they the fourth Hellraiser came out, and that also had a space a weird fucking stupid space. 
was, element of the plot. Was it the fourth what? one or the sixth one? Actually, I don't remember. No, it was it was the fourth one. It was called Event Horizon. Hell, Hell, Hellraiser <laughs> in space. Well, Event Horizon was the best Hellraiser of all. Truly, the best, the, at least the best one in space. We did watch um, one of the ones we did watch was the Roger Corman film Galaxy of Terror, which is another alien knockoff. Only one that like. Um, James Cameron worked on as like the the second the second director, and uh, Bill Paxton was a set dresser, and this one is very much like a mix. It's a mix of like Alien and there's more than a little uh, bits that would show up in Event Horizon. You know, fifteen minutes later, uh, but there's also some much more like a, a lot more uh, nasty uh, nasty scenes in the film that I don't really want to get into right here. But it's kind of a thing where like, wow, this is uh, this got a bit too uh, grindhousey for this kind of like, um, you know, alien knockoff. Although it does feature uh, Sid Haig, who was the uh, you know character, longtime character actor. Mm-hmm. But is it got that edge lord factor where they like? Just don't care. <laughs> I think some of it, I think part, some of it were less less edge lord, more I think more like exploit, more like uh, grindhousey like exploitation. Like yeah, we need you know we're we're casting this we're casting this woman in our film just because you know at some point she will you know she will need to be naked on camera. Of so, course, yeah. Of course. You know it's funny. I'm not a really big fan of goofy, silly horror. And I'm not a fan of super gross, like really violent, blood splattering everywhere, grindhouse horror. And yet, one of my favorite movies is Slither. I really love Slither. Slither's one I've 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 missed. Slither? Is that yeah. the one? Is is the guy from uh, uh, what's his fucking name in it? James Gunn. Nathan, Nathan Fillion. Isn't yeah, he in Nathan that? Fillion. More than likely, yeah. yeah. But that was the one that directed, written, and directed by James Gunn, I believe, when yeah. he was still married to Jenna Fisher. And it managed to basically be all of the things I don't like, but I still really enjoyed it. It just pulled itself. <laughs> it just it pulled it off so well. I didn't really care. Was, Did old... you ever see uh, Martyrs? As far as the hyperviolence sort of thing goes, because no, I don't not. like that stuff either. But that's an excellent movie. But I, I'll you know I'll never watch it again. But it really is good. I listened to the Faculty of Horror podcast on it. I just, I don't think I could ever bring myself to watch it just based on the description. <laughs> yeah. What did they have to say about it? They loved it. I um, mean, it re- it really is an excellent movie, but like, I, like, I, I don't even know if I can recommend it. Yeah. I've heard it. It's way too, it's way too torture porny for anything. Yeah. It's that I would that ever French, want to get near of. that French style, that hyper real French new French. wave cinema. <laughs> yeah. Only mix so, and, and that's the only one of those I've seen. I haven't seen like Wreck or um, what's the German that 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 German one that's so acclaimed? Um, uh, Funny Games is that what it's called? Oh, wait, is that German or Dutch? But the one with uh, that's that's Michael that Haneke. Dutch. Yeah, Michael Haneke. Okay. Yeah, the well, the original one where it's like here it's kind of they're trying to have the thing of like oh look you know where they actually like. Like you know, look at the look at the audio, look at the camera accusingly, and like look at the uh, look at the stuff that you are you're luxuriating in, or yeah, like it pulls you into it and says like you love this piggy, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, um, Martyrs doesn't do that. It's just fucking good. I mean, like now I kind of do want to watch it again. Anyway, moving on, but that'll depress the shit out of you if you want to watch that one too. <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah, some people have different reactions. Um... One of my friends does a lot of online uh, analytics and was telling me that there is this capacity right now for a lot of people to look specifically for fantastical escapist. But 
primarily like feel good stuff obviously what we're going through right now it's been interesting doing that from like the perspective of like being a woman and trying to introduce other women to stuff that they feel comfort in you know stuff that doesn't remind them of just how horrible things are and uh like the only thing i've been able to really recommend recently besides the dramas is like b stars because everybody likes b stars Have you watched that anime yet? I have not. What is Beastars? I think I've seen I've seen it mentioned and seen some screen grabs, but it's just an exceptionally good um, kind of it's it's the furry show, right? Like it's an anime where in a world where people are animals or animals are people, and there's a very large schism between predator and prey, and it's so it's like Zootopia in that sense, but not like this this the badly done racial metaphor. Uh, there's a great YouTube video by Jack Saint on this, and uh, lacking the Saint. one good thing at, from you from Zootopia and threw it out. I I just think it was handled sloppily, and there's <laughs> <laughs> this is more about um, fetish and uh, kink and like innate urges to consume flesh, and <laughs> it's really good. It's a really it's a really good anime. It's uh, written by this amazing um, woman who's never revealed her face in public. She just constantly goes out in this chicken mask. Sure. You just have to see it. <laughs> like a but, rubber uh, chicken mask? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, she's all right if you ask yeah. me. Yeah. Her dad is famous, so she doesn't really want to be known. Um, but she it's just it's a crazy yeah, it's a crazy manga, crazy anime. I really if you like hyper violent, hyper sexual, weird shit, it's pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, we're we're offering foodless things for the uh, for our uh, listeners out there. One thing, I, one thing I'm about about to get, I can uh, if anybody actually has the this thing. Well, I don't think anybody does. I was gonna say, if, but he has the attention span that is able to read, which I barely am. Um, don't think I have been starting trying to read again, aside from like very light, uh, like light little books about hit like history trivia. Is I've started reading. Um, Eric Olin Wright's book that he came out with it was kind of a collection of essays called Understanding Class that he came out with uh, about three or four years ago. Um, well, you know, before he died, obviously. That that's just to actually you know learn something, um, you know, <laughs> learn something in in our time of uh, in our time of lockdown. And I've been digging it so far. It's just kind of like talking about how cla- how we talk and think about class from like three different viewpoints. One is kind of. Um, one is through like kind of like liberal ideas. One is more through something like Max Weber would do, and then one is more uh, like traditional Marxist view of it. And uh, I've been enjoying it so far. So that's one of the other things I recommend if anybody actually wants to read something. Or if you want, I've been re- reading a lot more personally. Same here. Fiction or nonfiction? Both. I think there's something about just having something that's like relatively low impact where it's not like throwing visuals at me or loud noises or anything like that. And I, I find it sort of comforting to just kind of have words on a page. So I've actually been doing that a lot more. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Same here. I actually just finished uh, Hate Incorporated by Matt Taibbi. Is that a, which, did you like it? Uh, 
Uh, I'm glad I read it. I have really mixed feelings about it. I don't think it is particularly well executed, but I think the idea is very interesting where it sort of serves as an on-the-ground update to manufacturing consent. And yeah, which is, isn't that the way he conceived it, right? Like, he wanted it to be that? I think that's how he pitched it, but uh, I think manufacturing consent is a lot more intellectually rigorous and a lot clearer in its premises and arguments. Mm-hmm, and I would imagine. A lot of hate incorporated. It's just like, yeah, I was on the plane and some weird shit happened. Uh, yeah. He mentions, uh, I think it was John Kerry was obsessed with orange bowling, which is where he would sit at the front of the plane and when it took off, he would roll an orange down the aisle toward the reporters. And apparently John Kerry liked this way more than actually campaigning. Fun guy. Yeah. I guess that's oddly humanizing. Well, the thing about Taibbi, I like, cause I, I had been listening to his podcast. Uh, uh, Same. With yeah. Katie Halper. Yeah. Katie Halper just makes me laugh. I, I really like, I, I like uh, her. Yeah, I do too. And, um, I I don't, but that's just because like I'm afraid if I met her, I would like embarrass myself and like <laughs> yell at me, and I just have this like really intense fear of like being yeah. judged by her. She, she, yeah, she's got she's got a um, sub subcutaneous mean girl vibe, maybe. Yeah, it's not uh, even that. It's just like she, I, she reminds me of like some college professors I had in classes where I maybe didn't do as much work as I should have. <laughs> Fair that sounds enough. like my kink, like getting yelled at <laughs> by Katie Hopper. <laughs> kind of the funny thing about uh, Taibbi, let's let's bring her on. No. Let's get her on the show. She podcasts. She know she'll she'll throw us a, a a bone. You know what I mean? She's a queen. She's too good for us. Oh man, I'm just trying to help you out. We got mentioned in the New Yorker one time. That's this, true. This lineup. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was on that episode, but. I think Weren't you, you? You were. I think you were. Yeah, I you re- were. I re- you, you I said re- a bunch of good shit on that episode. Yeah, I reposted it because uh, there was a bit where I didn't have anything, any sort of like any episodes ready to go. So I repost. There was a couple a couple weeks where I just reposted old like three year old episodes because we do have a bit of a backlog. Not a backlog, but we do have that much of a um, uh, a back catalog, I should say. So I reposted a couple, and that was one of them. Sorry, Garrett, you were talking about uh, Matt Tyson's podcast. Yeah. Yeah, it was more just Taibbi himself because there's some stuff where I'm like, that guy's so right on about this or that thing, and then he he gets he's so goofily wrong about certain things, or seemingly goof, goofily wrong about certain things. Uh, I can't I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but I will. Well, and he has, the, he has he has a, a go ahead. No, after you. Well, I was just gonna say he's got a he's got a comedy aesthetic I don't really enjoy, but uh, but that's okay. You know, like that's just like what kind of music you like or something. Yeah. It seems like something. one of the things that he mentioned in the book that really stuck with me was when he was talking about the Russiagate investigation mm-hmm. and he pointed out that the media made a bunch of mistakes in their coverage where they were saying that somebody met somebody at a particular time when it didn't happen or they said that, you know, there was a connection between a couple people that didn't really exist. And he pointed he listed like. 17 different uh, things that the media got wrong and he pointed out that every single one uh, was something that was negative of, uh, about Trump or that would reflect badly on him in the investigation and zero were positive and that really 
kind of made me sit back and think about that. For example? Uh, well, there was a claim that uh, I think it was uh, uh, Cohen was getting some sort uh, had visited Prague and that there's never been anything to indicate that there's any truth to that claim uh, whatsoever. But the idea was that Cohen was acting as a cutout uh so he was making contact with uh, Trump's Russian handlers or whatever. And, you know, I think Taibbi himself is honestly agnostic on the whole Russiagate story. But uh, I think he makes a pretty compelling case that the media spent a whole lot of time jumping to some really aggressive conclusions that weren't really supportable. Right. I mean, I think and significantly, they were always doing it in a particular direction, whereas if they were actually being serious about their work you would expect the errors to go either way yeah i think i think he's actually pretty reliable uh as far as that media criticism stuff goes and and like the whatever criticism i was laying against him it's the reason i couldn't think of an example is it's it's usually small potato stuff it's like his take on you know what's gonna you know what might happen politically or or, you know what i mean like it's it's always sometimes i don't that he can be so he can be so incisive about this one thing and then but I guess what, you know, you can't do it all, I suppose. Well, I think he tends to lean toward a uh, almost instinctually contrarian position, kind of like Greenwald. Yeah, he does seem to. I agree with you on that. And I, I think he can... Maybe, maybe more so. Well, I mean, who could do it more than Greenwald, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> See, it's Greenwald's kind of a That guy's character. like, I'm leaving the country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I was thinking, does it... <laughs> Think, oh, we were going over like Matt Taibbi stuff. Is there anything more you more uh, you want that you want to cover? Or? Um, well, I, I would I so there's this thing that he has in the book called the Ten Rules of Hate, which I think got spun off into an article that you can actually read online. And if I were going to recommend any part of it, I would probably recommend that because I thought it was uh, just a really good sort of distillation and summation of where the media is right now. So. When Natasha mentioned her grandmother, I was like, ah, I, 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 I see what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Just how he kind of lays everything out and explains sort of the rules of a media game and how, you know, basically there are worthy and unworthy targets. So, you know, it, it it's fun to basically beat up on, you know, some idiot who was like, you know, I can't get the coronavirus because I, I ain't no homo. And then they get the coronavirus and the media's like, huh, looks like <laughs> this local yokel's gotten himself into a spot of bother. And <laughs> it's fun to, like, point at that those people and go, like, you know, look at that dum-dum. But the idea of, you know, sort of criticizing, for example, a major pharmaceutical company that, uh, you know... Uh, hands out test kits and manages to fuck them up uh, you're not going to really see any in-depth reporting on that just because uh, the consequences would be too big somebody would be getting a phone call yeah Yeah. so so it is uh, so yeah so it is uh, manufacturing consent kind of updated yeah yeah and and, but like i said it's kind of updated so he talks about how basically there were some actual major lawsuits where they went after some of the big dogs and the they you know, immediately got sued extremely hard and so you can try to pursue those stories if you want but realistically speaking they're not going to go very far mm. uh, this is voting and politics 
lovely, yeah. Um, yeah, lovely system we have. But he also mentions that, and I didn't know this. Uh, the idea of who you wanted to have a beer with was actually a poll that was originally conducted by a beer company <laughs> that the media apparently just became obsessed with. Yeah, that sounds about right. Given the uh, given the uh, the kind of uh, uh, campaign coverage person who'd really be up up for do for riding you know riding on the bus and doing that stuff seems like there would definitely be a thing they would grab on. Yeah, well, it's like a ready-made you know sort of point of view that you can apply to whatever character. Yeah, and there's and and some people really want to make their name on it. It's like I'm fucking. I'm on a bus with Dan Thorpe, unheard of character, you know, uh, candidate in, you know, fucking Nebraska. Sorry, y'all, I'm tired. I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep at all last night. You're fine. My sleep, yeah, my, well, everybody's sleeping schedule is kind of, I don't know. That's the thing is, like, I don't even have to, get, I, I don't really have to get up in the morning anymore, at least, uh, but I try, and it's still kind of, you know, it varies whether, uh, yeah, I've, how much caffeine I have during the day or how much beer I have at night, and, you know. I've been having these huge bursts of, like, uh, musical creativity and then like I get excited by some idea and it's like it's bedtime and then like all I can do is think about like you know trying to you know trying to you know think about parts for a song I'm working on and then all of a sudden it's four in the morning I have to be up in four hours yeah what rhymes with coronavirus I don't know yet I don't know but we're gonna find out the hard way I do words last a font called papyrus. I don't know. What? <laughs> well, okay, yeah, all right. Oh, so we're the Egyptian god doing a little ball session here. Yeah. No, <laughs> improv. <laughs> yes, and no, we're here, but I don't know. It's kind of um, I'm trying to think of like what I what I have coming up that I actually want to work on. I've um, I've been trying Cyrus. What's that? <laughs> That, that kind of rhymes. Something yeah, like that's that, good yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm just trying to think of like stuff I have to come because it's like one of the things that I have to, that I do have to uh, um, is I've been I've been taking kind of like an online like programming well, actually a couple online programming classes. One like just how to like just how to brush up on my my C plus plus, and the other one is how to learn like programmable logic controllers. And I finally ordered enough parts, and then turns out the one thing I did need was the programming cable that. Originally, I ordered from Leicester in the UK, but um, thanks to thanks to the lockdown, I think in like weird customs things, especially coming from Europe, like it's so delayed that I just said the heck with it and ordered uh, ordered another one from the actual like domestic company, which should be getting here tomorrow, so I can actually like you know program on this thing and actually learn something with it because I have like a bunch of hardware here that I can't really do anything with. What are you trying to do? Just try basic learning how to do like PLC programming, you know, which is stuff that's used in like automation and manufacturing. And it's one of those things where um, a lot of like, you know, electronic controllers, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm still trying to get, you know, I'm out of work and still trying to get like a local engineering job. And it's one of the, one of the, um, it's one of the bits that they keep asking for in like a lot of local places. And I like I like working with a control electronics because it's kind of fun to, you know, you type something in, you make and you make something you know, some like a real world thing move. That's a uh, that's a neat little uh, a neat little capability. You know, I've already been I already have like stuff like little uh, microcontroller Arduinos, but I wanted to expand that to something that's much more like industrial app, uh, applicable. Well, but, if you need anything 3D printed, let me know. Will do. You're learning to code, but it's actually applicable. <laughs> yeah. Can I be real with you? Nothing has instilled more panic in me and just made me more fearful 
than the fact that my Amazon orders are just totally fucked up now. How so? Well, I ordered something a month ago that literally just arrived today, and there's, like, more so than the toilet paper, just the disruption to the behemoth that is Amazon just strikes me as really unsettling. Because it depends on how it's disrupted. I mean, when supply chains everywhere are screwed up because of... You know, because we, you know, there's the because the fact that how the system has been so constructed to reduce any because they they want to maximize the profit to some people, which means there's no slack anywhere. There's no like safety margins or anything built in, Um, and so any sort of disruption to that screw you know has catastrophic event catastrophic um, ramifications. And I don't know. That's the thing is like there's going to be much more. I mean, Jane McAlevey talks about this, but especially coming. She said the main thing coming up for this year is that the amount of uh, the the amount of labor action that's going to happen around both like healthcare and also logistics, which means like Amazon strikes, is going to go through the roof. I mean, it's already happening where you're getting a bunch. You're getting like a bunch of people at wa- uh, doing walkouts at at warehouses and processing plants. And you know, it's about you know, it's about damn time. Yeah, I'm all for that. But we'll see. But but it is scary that the that the supply chains, um, you know, are so uh, dispersed as they are. You know, and you've got like uh, I heard I don't remember where I heard it, but like, you know, one, you know, everything is for the most part manufactured in China. And you like any given uh, um, manufacturer is going to come into contact with people that are going to then go to. 25 other countries you know like like yeah. you know and you know there's this um australian economist stephen keen i don't know if y- y'all have uh, heard of him but he's kind of an interesting guy and and he uh he's arguing that this is proof that we need to focus on you know sort of not autonomous but but uh, self-sustaining regional um you know economic entities that mm-hmm. can can produce everything they need to and that we don't have to do we don't have to fuck up supply chains like this yeah anywho yeah it's gonna get rough oh it's well, already rough getting it rough on the governmental level you apparently have the feds just straight up hijacking shit now yeah 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 i listened to the previous episode of giving the mic to the wrong person where we talk economics but I mean, they're they're doing the they're kind of doing the right thing. They're just doing it in the wrong way. Like they're doing what they should be doing and just fucking spending money. But they're not doing it in a way that is going to do anything but but uh, save everyone who's anywhere tangentially involved in the finance industry in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Ma- massive public stimulus only to like the, to the exact to the uh, the worst people possible. Right, and Actually, then it's like, go ahead. Uh, uh, and as uh, Eric said in the previous episode. Uh, it seemed like the too big to fail the first time around was just the large banks and investment banks. And now it's kind of just all like everything, private equity and, and, uh, and hedge funds. And like, just like if you're anywhere, the way he put it was like, if you're just like, a, you know, uh, uh, you know, if you've got a, like a, like a, like a, a couple stacks of, of, of millions of dollars, you're being bailed out. But if anybody below that, you're just kind of, you're just kind of screwed. It's, it's amazing. Maybe so they just they just widen. You should start a hedge fund. Yeah, we can get in on that action. You need several billion dollars. Okay, but that shouldn't be that bad. Yeah, we'll do a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha. Yes. I I just realized I was 
pestering these two dorks uh, about their areas of expertise in the last episode that we did that was quarantine focused and i realized that i actually have a fantastic resource in you because you are a big old science nerd you did science at a professional level you've got like degrees and shit (laughs) unused degrees because i you know literally graduated in 2009 so let's uh and i didn't go to grad school because i didn't hate myself enough um but not only that there was also uh, a focus on medicine, right? Like, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. dealing with bioinformatics and stuff like that. And so I, I'm curious, like, what's your perspective on the on, on some of the issues that have been coming up? For example, um, how do you think <laughs> the uh, how do you think the the medical uh, industry is responding to this? Is this something that we can? I mean really deal with? Is there going to be unionization? Are we going to get Medicare for all? Well, we had hoped, right? Like, um, first things first, in my industry that I've worked in for the past 12 years, uh, I could have told you (laughs) that that CPAP wasn't a a ventilator. We actually work with those directly. Um, It's interesting to see... I'll, that, hold uh, on, I'm 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 subtweeting uh, my friend Elon. <laughs> it's right. it's funny because the, you know high end um, BiPAPs do work as ventilators, but it's not for of course invasive entry as a true ventilator would. So um, yeah, stupid 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 mistake there. But um, it's interesting to see that for me the toll that is being taken on healthcare workers specifically because I've worked in you know close contact with a lot of direct care workers and it's already kind of an industry that has never given a lot of due to the people that have to do this job you know especially when it comes to stuff like in rural communities or in places where they you know people don't have access to immediate healthcare so a lot you know is being swept under the rug when it comes to like you know well, not something the wrong, but like we just don't have the capacity to understand how much of an impact it's had on, you know, nursing homes or other populations that are already vulnerable. Um, so you'd hope that there would be a response here where, you know, we'd be a little bit more community focused in healthcare, But, you know, with the election going the way it is and knowing that I don't, you know, how in, in the pockets Biden is of these insurance companies, it's just going to be a, a it's going to be chaos. You know, a lot of people have lost their insurance. I know I don't have it right now. Um, state Medicaid isn't set up to take on this population. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm kind of rambling here, but I just, I just, it, it, it concerns me not in the sense that I can't get a job because I can get a job easily out of this pandemic more so than other people because I've worked in insurance billing and contracting and it just is something that I don't want to do. I wish there was a single payer system that would allow ease of this, you know, for people that are have have suffered through this, you know, to be able to come back. I just I don't think the focus should be on, oh yeah, NASA's working on technology to make ventilators. Well, you know, that that technology's been around forever. <laughs> yeah. It's not like a, a new thing, you know, make it cheaper, sure, but like you know, in terms of 
actually like supporting our infrastructure so that it can be it can maintain a crisis like this. Right. You need to work. NASA needs to figure out how to go back in time to make ventilators you know, two years ago. <laughs> exactly. No, because we're going to have, you know, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> do you ever watch that movie? Um, shit. Like the, the one that was based on the Ten Commandments 10 or whatever, where like the two guys are like trying to outdo each other by buying uh, MRI machines. <laughs> no, no. I, I remember the movie never actually didn't actually see it. <laughs> so, I love that skit. It's got some good actors that I forget, but like, yeah, it just reminds me of that because it's like, yeah, you'll have a bunch of ventilators, but will you have healthcare workers after this? Because you haven't, you, not only have you, you know, overworked them and um, underpaid them, you know, like it, a lot of people that are in healthcare are unable to work because they're in parts of healthcare that have been shut down because everything is in crisis mode, right? So, you know, like even though I worked for a healthcare company that, you know, ostensibly is busy during this time, it's not because a lot of the um, a lot of the stuff that it, it isn't is when we say cosmetic, but it's voluntary, you know, like nobody's going to go get tested for a CPAP machine right now. That's not this is not priority. So we're just not set up, We're you know, in a capitalist system, we're not set up to um, appropriately deal with the actual supply and demand of healthcare uh, without, you know, is you know excuses to cut back like that's what you'll see you'll see this backlash where oh we need to make cuts you know or we need to tighten up and it's just a great excuse for them to like try and wean down and take advantage of people when they're hungry and it's just like i just it upsets me on a, a fundamental level and i yeah anyway <laughs> rant yeah, over isn't that um isn't that what andrew cuomo is doing to the state of new york right now yeah Oh, I hate the Cuomo shit because it's all over MSNBC because it's basically propaganda for that fucker. Yeah. Like, let's see. see if you can, can you get your grandma to watch like, like you know, just like at least sprinkle in a little bit of like Democracy Now or a Majority Report, just to vary up the, uh, vary up the, uh, just you know, break up the indo- indoctrinization just a little bit. Yeah, like I'll put that on right before we watch The Voice together. That'll be great. <laughs> You might, you know, might be useful. There's these decent, uh, you know. This is business as usual for everybody, and people are always like, like, especially like this mindset of like, oh, I just want to return to how things were, and it's like things were bad before. You just didn't have it impact you directly. Can you just grow up and you know? But no, they're you know they're boomers. They're never gonna grow up. They're just just they live in that perpetual nightmare where they're just constantly fighting on Facebook over whether they support Biden or Trump, and it's just like. What the hell's going on? It ain't just boomers. Yeah, they're pretty locked in. And when you see, uh, when you see the European variant of it, like, like Europe is, they're just absolutely the EU is just absolutely committed to like just fucking itself up, like yeah. for all time. It's and it's that generation. It's 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 like they they've they've reached the limit of their own competence, and uh, they don't they don't know what to do about it. Anyway. It's how you deal with helplessness. You know, they've found a new way to deal with it and they'll, it's just, it's fine. It's just hard to even have a conversation now with anybody over the age of like 45, you know, like, and I'm 35. I'm not like young or anything. (laughs) I'm just like, God, I hope I never become this way when I'm old. I don't like, I will never just take me out back. Just, just, I can't take it. 
I think that is. I think take just take you out back is going to be the Democrats' uh, platform for 2024. Right. It's pretty much that. <laughs> but we're doing that to our unborn children, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. Hi. Yeah, I don't know. What I find kind of horrifying about this is that, as far as I can tell, we got really lucky. And realistically speaking, the coronavirus is kind of easy mode. I mean, yeah, it's a dress rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could have had a much, much worse, uh, you know, uh, much more. I mean, it could be more infectious. It could have a it could have a higher death rate. It could be less. Uh, it could be spread out across the, you know, a- ages uh, more generally. So I think in a lot of ways we were very fortunate. And yet, considering the fact that this is a dress rehearsal, uh, I do not think that the reviews for the big performance are going to be very favorable. Yeah. It's yeah, a dress rehearsal it. where it's really clear that you're, you know, everybody's going to call in sick. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll get like a stagehand playing the main role. Well, like, you know, we're seeing it on the front lines now with the with the, the healthcare workers. But there is a sense in which it's like, dude, like, how can they make me go back to a fucking building and, and mix and mingle with people? You know, like when I don't have to, like when I can work from home and a lot of people fall into that, that. And a lot of people don't, I know, but it's like like the the the, the notion that we're just gonna kind of like you know pick our stride back up. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I was reading in um, George Marshall's. Um, God, what are the, I think it's like something. I can't remember what the name of the book is. It's his book about how not to talk about climate change, but he mentioned something about how um, people are. Um, it's like folks are so we're are so we're especially after um, like traumatic disasters or something like that we're like we're so desperate to get back to a sense of normalcy to the point where they wouldn't. Um, I think he he described it in the context of like you know when people in a region that got devastated by a hurricane or anything or mass flooding when they'd get when they'd get funding to shore up something or like because of insurance payouts they'd use it for you know they'd spend it on boats or on like anything else because it was kind of a thing of just the um, solving the problem was so was so pointed they just couldn't do it and it's when I think one of the problems is going to be that. So because of all of the bullshit of modern life has been laid so bare and exposed so dramatically that um, the 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 mass amount of motivated reasoning you're going to see of folks just kind of go, go full on like cargo cult of like, um, you know, we're, we will, you know, we will forcibly um, go through these kind of like zombie rituals just to you know just have some semblance of avoiding you know avoiding that exposure to get away from the discomfort and, i think uh, that's correct i think that's true um but i also think that it's kind of a, just a normal psychological response like i just i have this visceral memory of a woman that came into a, a store that a retail store i was working in after she had come out of katrina and had been relocated to arizona and she's like, I need to buy this because I lost everything. So I need to have some sort of cultural touchstone for like my life before. So, uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have empathy for it, but I also like, and I'm, I'm in the same boat too. Like I just, I think I've just kind of given up after this, you know, knowing the second recession's happening and, you know, while they're throwing all of these, you know, 0% interest and 
stuff like that. Like it doesn't matter. Like, you know, you'll, the next generation is going to suffer. Like think of all the people graduating this year, whether it's high school or college and you know, their lives are fundamentally changed just the way ours were when in that kind of pivotal moment. And, uh, you know, the ones that are are suffering are are never going to be the people that already own their own homes and (laughs) can go out and get that 0% interest on a new SUV, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. But I want, I wonder if like, like, I mean, like you keep seeing these things and maybe this is just fucking boomer chum also, but like, like the, you know, the photos of Delhi where, you know, what it looked like before. And then, you know, there's lots of suffering going on in Delhi, I'm sure. But like the, we see that if we can figure out a way to fucking slow the fuck down, like we can have a different kind of world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I wonder did it, you know like I I I I I lean towards the um, the dire uh, predictions that y'all are throwing out, but I wonder if that's not also it, operative at the same time. You know what I mean? That that there is a, a degree to which people are seeing like, you know, we don't have to do this this way. You know what I mean? Like agreed. And, yeah. Because I'm, I am seeing that, you know, I, I am seeing people have those conversations, and I find that really interesting and 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 somewhat encouraging. But I don't let myself get too encouraged anymore. But so I don't know, it could break that way. Well, I come mean, on. The problem is, though, are the people having those conversations, people with access to power. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think there's gonna. That's gonna be the thing is that all of the, just due to the supreme narcissism and comfort. Of the uh, of the power holders before those are going to be the ones who so desperately, you know, like MSNBC, MSNBC commentators, for example, are the ones who so desperately would want to go back that, you know, even um, they're yeah, gonna, they're not in the. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I don't know. It's like, yeah, they're going to be the re, they're going to be the ones preventing anything better for anything anything better from changing. But but nothing's changed in so far as the what's going to get things to be different is. Uh, um, a large group of human beings fucking making people that you're talking about do something. And there's two ways we can go about it. We can have this sort of like like doom mentality, and especially the one that's also coupled with this sort of uh, circular firing squad that is characteristic of left politics. Uh, or, or or we can try to build a, a mass movement around uh, a, a, a better kind of world. And that's like the only, uh, that's the only effective thing, at least for getting sort of, you know, normies on board. So I don't know. I mean, and it's not just me like playing the glad game and being Pollyanna. No, I think the uh, optimism is a radical thing now. And I think it's important to actually have it. Like you can't let those, these setbacks get you back, you know, down. Cause it's really not the end of it, you know? Well, and again, that yeah, I think you're right, Nat. And I think that the, the thing I just outlined seems as plausible to me, if not more, than uh, 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 you know, labor militancy being the thing that that alters our culture. Uh, as much as I love labor militancy, I, I, I'm not sure that's what's going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, or it's that's going to be one of many fronts. Uh, and we should try to find the way that these these things can kind of work happily together. Yeah. On that happy note, we've been going about two hours. Anybody have anything? Uh, just wrap it up. Anything? Anybody have anything they want to uh, they want to recommend? Anything else, or want to uh, or want to finish up with? 
<laughs> I don't know. I've talked a lot about <laughs> dumb stuff. No, it's fun. You know, the, the... Uh, listen to the new Fiona Apple album. I mean, everybody, every white girl in the U.S. You know, when that drops, started crying. So <laughs> she's pretty great, I think. It was good. I didn't feel it. I haven't heard no, it. Yet. I didn't listen to the record, but I I do like uh, Apple. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't click with me. Okay. I was a big fan of uh, of the of her earlier stuff. This latest one, I don't know. Uh, she's just going in a different direction for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any of her stuff since like since she like the the initial like hit singles, so I couldn't tell you. But yeah, the um, oh an album that I can mention is um, one quick second. I think it's called is it called Specters? Or... Recommend a record while you're doing that, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. It's an, an old record because that's all I ever recommend. It's uh, the first Quicksilver Messenger service record. Um, they're a band I never really got into uh, until somewhat recently. A buddy turned me on to them, and they're a lead guitar player whose name I can't call to mind right now has a very interesting style where he plays with uh, sort of pedal steel finger picks or like banjo picks on an electric mm-hmm. guitar and it has just such a crazy sound sounds and, great um, yeah it's late 60s and it's and there's ways in which it's very characteristically sort of like san francisco late 60s rock and roll but uh but it's fucking good and then i am having a resurgence of my love for very a very old record the tiffany transcriptions by bob wills and his texas playboys uh volume one just go back to the original stuff and and you'll just see why bob wills is the fucking king uh i'm gonna write a book about him one day that's my that's one of my new coronavirus uh, mania goals so <laughs> nice th- those are my recommendations yeah and the uh, the the band that i was talking about was called specters uh spelled t-r-e-s at the end out of vancouver they have in a, they have an album called nostalgia that's out on Bandcamp. that is very um, very like '80s post-punk death rock. Um, lots of chorus pedals. It's uh, it's great stuff. Nice. What's death rock? Is that like Sisters of Mercy? Yeah, death rock is kind of um, think or mope rock. It was kind of it was. Bef- I think it was kind of like when See, st- Jeremy is an endless font of this shit. Where it's like, <laughs> no, it's more like dreamy pop synth wave fat. Like it's like it's like that meme that was on Tumblr for a while, where it was all the different kinds of core or like. <laughs> My favorite is when when someone says, uh, "Think of two bands and then think of them together as a new band," and that's the band I'm describing. That's like, "Fuck you!" Hey, that's how you pitch a movie. Um, (laughs) But hey, what do you what do you expect? I was a college college DJ for so college uh, DJ for years, and I used and I got paid to write reviews. I worked at the All Music Guide and got paid to write reviews for them for a handful of years. So it kind of permanently damaged. I talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you got you got the alt music Dewey Decimal system in your head now, and yeah, and, something like that. And you but, know how to work it, and I don't. You know, well, so. the, I think the, plus this is, this is all like rock crit. Uh, you know, like I said, hang, hanging out with like music uh, music journal types for and people sure. who obsess a little bit a bit uh, people who um, who DJ that kind of music but don't necessarily play it. Um, but the, it's, it's the kind of music that is kind of before goth really um, crystallized in the 80s. But it was kind of a stuff of like where you had stuff that was much more like like early Cure. Uh, mm. uh, okay. Echo and the Bunnymen maybe. Yeah, late Joy Division, a little bit of Echo and the Bunnymen. Maybe um, 
some chameleons uk i don't know yeah, yeah something Wait, well i mean the name... echo and the bunny man are like a real band i always thought that was like a joke that somebody made up no they're yeah, great they're i great. saw them live That's in wild. Uh, 2004 and he was so drunk it was a great show. <laughs> oh yeah no the um lords the... of the new church would that be a that's more psych rock, I guess, like yeah. 80s psych revival. Yeah, in a, in a bit. Anyway. Yeah, in a bit. In a, now I'm doing that shit. Bit, like <laughs> glammy pop, too. Almost like new idiots of the um, Stiv Bader. Seven degrees that. of Bauhaus. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it's kind of. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very. It's, it's great stuff. But it, I mean, the. I mean, Chameleons UK even have a, a. Even have a great song called Nostalgia, which they mm-hmm. name. Which the, the record is called. The, the Spectres name the record after. So it's. It's that stuff. But like, it's. It's. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. A lot of reverb, a lot of echo, a lot of core, a lot of uh, chorus pedals. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh and, shit. I actually do have a music recommendation. I just realized. Nice. Uh, I never, I, I'm always terrible at this, but I, I, I actually have been listening to something. Are you guys familiar with uh, the copy pasta? Mm-mm. Okay, so well, I think you are. I, I just copy pasta is it's a website. Oh it's no, a copy of course, and I'm, pasted. I'm, I'm familiar with the term copy pasta. Yeah. I thought you mentioned band, and I was like, I've never heard of them. This, this is a little bit of a walk, so bear with me. Okay. So, oh God, it's the copy pasta for people who aren't as online as i am called the navy seal copy pasta oh, God. Was a very yeah. angry reply that somebody <laughs> wrote to somebody on some message board like 10 years ago and it's like what the fuck did you just fucking say about me you little bitch i'll have you know i graduated top of my class in the navy seals and i've been involved in numerous secret raids in al-qaeda and i have over 300 confirmed kills <laughs> i've been training guerrilla warfare and the type sniper in the entire u.s armed forces and it goes on and on and on uh that but was what's, impressive yeah, what somebody has been doing is they have been using uh, the Tacotron to uh, voice synthesizer, and they have been using it to uh, have different historical people with a lot of recordings uh, say the Navy SEAL copy pasta. And the latest one that they've done is a really good one with Dylan singing. And my absolute favorite is one where it's Jay-Z rapping the Navy SEAL copy pasta, and somebody said it the music, and it is absolutely incredible, and I can't stop listening to it. That sounds pretty great. Please send it. It sounds amazing. I'm going to pop it in the chat. (laughs) Superb. This is less interesting, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, There was a band in the 90s called Hickey. Do you remember them, Jeremy? Punk band? No. uh, They they got in some epic feud with the ska punk band uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls, (laughs) and they did a a split, like a 7-inch or a 10-inch record, and the the back, the the B-side of that record was entirely a a shit-talking phone call that the singer from Voodoo Glow Skulls uh, left for uh, for one of the guys (laughs) at Hickey. It was pretty great. The Uh, punk versus ska civil war of 1993. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> pretty hard to find in a hard copy but i bet it's available online that sounds somewhere. amazing yeah. it's probably not even that funny anymore but it was at the time that's that's when you had to like you know have a physical thing in your hand to have that kind of fun what's when you yeah. well you have 77 minutes of a cd to fill up <laughs> right but anyhow all right. Well, if, if nothing else, we've been going on for quite a while. Thanks to y'all for being up for talking again, and thanks, Nat, for being open for uh, rejoining us again from the uh, from the hinterlands. Yeah, I'll do it again next time. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm into it. Anything oh, you want to plug? Your, like, so I want to go outside. I want to go to a bar. You can go. You can. Ah! You, you can go outside. It's not. It's not a. You get over. This is not house arrest. 
it's not house arrest. You, I mean, you are, you already showed off your I mask, wanna, so I don't want to go like outside. Outside, there's nothing but like trees and shit out there. That's boring. I want to go to like a store or, or again a bar or. I would like to go to a bar. An Arby's or an oh god Arby's. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. I mean, I really will because I've been wanting Arby's too, and I can't explain it. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I mean, eating it would be fine, but I just want to like go in and like oh, have to okay. deal with somebody who's just like really surly who doesn't. You want the help embarrassment me. of going into an Arby's? Okay. I, I, I just want to be in places with people. Yeah, you I can um, be uh, proud of yourself even in an Arby's. I promise. I know. I, I, I know. pulled into I, the. I pulled into the drive-through exactly. of the Arby's in East Portland, uh, Portland, a couple weeks ago, and only to find out that they were closed for remodeling. So that was rough. Anyway. <sighs> All right. Well, um, uh, thanks again, y'all. Anything, anything, any like link or thing you want to plug or any picture or anything, or just say the hell that. Uh, you can uh, find no, me on Twitter. <laughs> sorry. No, you oh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just a, my my automatic on a uh, autonomic response. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ashes for Foxes. Yeah, not that I have anything good to say. So awesome. Uh, I'm less online than ever. So no, you can't find me. <laughs> but if you listen to early episodes, I give out my phone number. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Go back. Wander back through the back catalog on that one. Don't actually. Don't do that. Anyway, yeah, and if uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash giving the mic, if you want to help us support making more fun like this, uh, send uh, c- questions, comments <laughs> to giving the mic at gmail.com. Oh, He's got the Rona. Everybody get back. <laughs> and um, hey, I didn't even social ta- distancing. It's okay. I didn't even talk about the con- all the congestion I congestion I had when I went to uh, when we did our road trip to Reno back in mid mid February, but that's another story. Anyway, yeah, and um, anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Stay safe. And uh, Jacob, do you have anything? Or are you good? I'm on Twitch like so much now; it's fucking crazy. Like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm playing VR video games. I'm doing 3D modeling. Uh, nice. Reading Dune, which yes. so far seems to be a book about people explaining things very patiently to a small child, which mm-hmm. I'm not sure why this is such a big deal, but I'm told it picks up later. I love it. So, uh, you know, literally all day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday anymore. So if you want to hang out, uh, stop by. What's your what's your Twitch channel? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Jacob Mercy. Gotcha. All right, cool. All right, good night, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Good yeah. night. All right. Thank you. I love you all. Yep. <laughs> all right, and we're out. That was. Bye, yeah. everybody. All right, I threw the Jay Z link in chat. Y'all need to check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do need to watch I that. Yes, so good. I'll listen to it right now. Let's see. All right, yeah, I want. I want to get that critical react. I heard. Let me just catch this fish real quick. Ah, fuck! It got taken down. What? Fuck! It, it sure, it sure did, buddy. God oh, damn it, no. dude! It's hard. It's why you you can't you can't share. YouTube will catch it. You have to you have to go to Twitter for it. The man is shutting down my. Uh... <coughs> so when you upload video to Twitter, you upload it to their servers. I think so. I don't use Twitter anymore, but I sometimes want to click through to the YouTube and then realize. Why'd you Why'd you I'm quit Twitter, able... Garrett? What I didn't, you know, there was not like an event that that uh, precipitated it. It was just that like. I just find that the more attached I am, like, like I can know what's going on in the world and be fine with it. But the more I'm engaging with people about what's going on in the world, uh, the more miserable I feel. Oh, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, 
so but i try anyway you know what i mean like and i and i uh and then for twitter i i just uh i didn't get into a lot of fights or anything but it, it was just like i just i don't see what this is doing for me it just seems to like it seems to be like a it makes me upset. Uh, yeah, yeah well, it just it just it, it made me miserable. It was like I was really doing a good job of being cynically detached and just pointing at people and laughing, but I have to admit <laughs> I have wobbled pretty hard lately and what has really broken me is the response to the Biden Tara Reid situation. Oh yeah, same. Right. Mm-hmm. Seeing the responses that people have to that that like uh, the fact that her mom called CNN and another thing like her neighbor from 1993 was like yeah she told me that and just like watching people be like oh she's a liar who's in love with Putin is just like really like yeah like, yeah there's some brain. serious brain worms going on with people right now it's just horrible yeah it's so sad because they don't like what is their morality i mean they act they don't like have they, one they act they like they have. are the like the like standard bearers of some sort of modern morality and like what is it what part of vote blue no matter who don't you understand bitch okay. Fuck, I, uh, see that's the thing about I, the um, I do understand like everybody has mentioned is like the just the complete total like capture of a segment of the population just by you know thanks to like Russiagate just watching endless like, MSNBC like yeah to be you know to be a good person you you it, it is this kind of weird like tenth grade idea of like well you know hey we want to we want to uh, a good person or someone who keeps abreast of the news so let's watch the news and yeah. not really understanding like wh- what what's actually going on and so it's kind of a thing where the um it's like one of the reasons why we can't have nice things is that our the media structure doesn't allow them to exactly right yeah and it is like that that assessment that they're just kind of watching their stories like it, it really seems to be Mm-hmm. what's going on you know what i mean it's like it, it, it's almost like there's not it's a, a comfort for them yeah they think yeah. that there's an order to the world or authority to see spoken to like right. and it's terrifying when you actually like can see past that and be like wow that's really that's really keeping them them sedated <sighs> and i think there was a chunk of time in my 20s where i was kind of in that in that ballpark to a certain degree yeah same and you know, so it's like I, you know, whatever. You know, we all gotta like go through shit to fi- to try to figure out what's going on. Um, but oh yeah, you know. But it's like you know, you don't dig in hard. I mean, anyway, sorry. I'm just getting no. Frustrated. It's okay. It's a frustration with people that are. For me, it's a frustration with people that are. You know, my age that have really just they just they have you know they have potential. <laughs> they have the same ideas and beliefs. It's just that you know they're just. They're just, they went a little too far. They went a little too far into liberalism. Right. You know, and, the, and our lives just have us so scattered all the time that I just feel like it's hard to, you know, you have to, you have to work at it if you want to try to figure out something to a deeper mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Anyway, are we going to keep the show going? <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm going to edit my podcast this week for the first time in six months, seven months. So nice. <sighs> yeah. I just couldn't handle it. I'm I'm sorry for mentioning Star Wars. No, it's okay. I'm actually going to do on May 4th I'm going to watch the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker and live blog it drunk. That's I am like <laughs> you continue to astound me cuz like 
I uh, you invited me to go see it with you when you were in town, and I was just like, I do not have the physical strength. <laughs> I saw it like multiple times. I just I got super drunk and super high, and then I left before I the ending, which was yeah, the worst part. I don't think that would do it for me. I mean, it's just it's such a fundamentally unpleasant piece of media for me. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, and I have seen a lot of bad shit. So I haven't it's seen just, it. Uh, I I cannot explain in one in one day, much less one hour, what's wrong with it. <laughs> well, but... well, and it's it's fascinating because like it's it's as a theme park ride, it's very good. Oh yeah, there's, it's, it's a, a great a lot theme of, park ride. There's a lot of like cool things that happen, and people are like sailing, and then they're like chopping things up, and then they're fighting evil versions of themselves that have spooky teeth, and like, every, every like, five minutes, it has, like, a cool set piece. But The editing is insanely bad. It's the, the editing most... is, like, mad so at bad. you. Yeah. Yeah, it hates you. It hates you. It fundamentally it's, wants you to, to, like, not pay attention. It's like a Transformers movie. It's, like, so overload that you don't even know what's going on half the time. But There's I mean, no... that's, an, that's an aesthetic. I like Transformers yeah. movies. I don't. I can't pay attention. Yeah. I can't. It's just... It's just... No, no, no. Which one did... Which one did Ryan Johnson do? Did he do this most the recent one Jedi. or the one pre- no. Last Jedi. He okay. did the one before this. Because he's great. Like I love, I love his movies. I didn't like Knives Out that much. I like Knives. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I'm just. I, again, I think I watched it in quarantine, and I, I just, I don't think I was in the right headspace for it. Like it it's was hard too. Right yeah. Now. It was too it's cute. Little... I, saw, I saw it visiting my folks in Texas, which is like a great way to see it you know just like it's like your it's like your second to last day there and you're like what are we gonna do today like let's just go to a movie and not talk to each other yeah Yeah. i feel like if i'd watched it in theaters when it came out i would have had a lot more positive reaction to it and i can see it's a good movie it's just that like emotionally like i i watched oh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you it's just it was overwhelming like i i bought it recently and tried to watch it with my grandmother and i just it, it was just like I had anytime I tried to go to see a movie after Rise of Skywalker, I couldn't watch a movie. I couldn't read a book. I couldn't I could barely watch television shows. I was so messed up. Like, you have no idea. I, um, I think I have me. I think I have like half an idea because after uh, seeing the end of the Watchmen HBO show and Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. like my media consumption has just like shifted dramatically because like i just i can't read another fucking superhero comic after doomsday clock just like yeah. the way that ended is so just like bad in a mean way yeah it's a cynical like it's a cynical stuff it's the it's really for me it was like the very fascistic messaging that came out of it which um might you know how intentional that is is not necessarily something that i would ever want to get into but the fact that this is a movie ostensibly made for the guys that hated the last jedi and they rewrote so much of it that it it just it was so wrong it was so fucking wrong on so many levels i can't even explain it yeah it's just it made me not believe in anything anymore yeah Jeez. well and the the ending of doomsday clock is basically the this idea that like watchman is stupid because it's cynical and <laughs> You know, yeah, it has this idea that you have this idea that somebody would do something terrible that would have a good result is unacceptable because the the real answer is that you just need to hope harder. 
And the Doomsday Clock ends the- with the revelation that like Superman, uh, because he's a beacon of hope, is like the center of the universe. And as long as Superman is there to inspire us, things will always be okay. Okay. And what the fuck? It's just this like such a fucking insane message. Um and I I just I came away from it where it's just like, wow, I don't like superhero comics anymore. Yeah. I don't like Star Wars anymore. Yeah. I mean I, Dang. I, I I'm a I'm a little bit more distant from the Star Wars thing, so I'm still probably gonna like check in for Mandalorian. Oh, I'm gonna watch Mandalorian too, trust me. I mean I, I say that with like, you know, open whatever well i mean for me it's a creator's thing though right like i mean i'm just not gonna watch any more jj abrams movies ever like we're done Mm -mm. like we're done yeah good move oh i gotta scoot i gotta scoot you guys so i'm gonna take off all right right. it was was great uh virtually talking to you all i mean i guess we're actually talking to each other yeah all right must be done yeah you too good good to talk to you net Good to talk to you too. I can see that I put a link in there. You might. I saw it. Yeah. You might really enjoy it. Uh, the the blank check podcast is kind of it's uh, Griffin Newman who I think he played Arthur in the latest Tick, uh, the, the latest like online Tick series. Oh yeah, he's friends with um, Patrick Willems. Yeah. Who is a I, I watch a lot of Patty. And they kind of so like the entire like their show is a, is kind of it's pretty much just a, it's not just like a bad movie podcast it's more like filmmaker hubris podcast examined in detail and okay. they they go all in for like two hours on uh, on the movie and like one of the hosts just can't can't stop yelling the dead speak <laughs> like off mic in the background of the like, dead rise yeah uh, Palpatine lives again yeah you know just it's it's just hilarious like I said it's it might it might just be the therapeutic dead speak. sorry yeah. the dead speak I yeah the dead speak that. and it's um and it's no, it's just it's it's really good. It is. Uh, it's is it cathartic. I need cathartic. Yeah, I think I think you might enjoy it because it's kind of a thing where like yeah, it's like it's like four, it's like the two hosts, their producer and their engineer, all just like yelling. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just like offering to, and but they're also they're like really really funny and really and some stuff is alternately alter, alternately funny. Some stuff is just like funny and also really deadpan. So yeah. it's um, but yeah, and then sometimes they will they will come back to like, but you know, but you guys did you know about this movie, The Dead Speak, The Dead Speak, and the they'll dead speak. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, they recorded I think right after right after the film came out, and so they're uh, the takes are hot, and it's uh, it's worthwhile, but it's all. I, th- I think I should. I'm, me and Lindsay talked about uh, redoing our podcast, so I might see if she wants to do it because we could just do a postmortem on it. It would be interesting to do it from the perspective of women fans that uh, felt kind of slighted by it. So yeah, and it's like it's like not like we have anything better to do now. So no, um, yeah, no. It was just. It. I mean, I, 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 I love pain, so I went and saw it like multiple times. I even walked in. Like I went and got. I went. And literally, like, I couldn't watch any movies. So I went to a double feature of Little Women and uh, Knives Out. And I got a bottle of wine. I got super wasted. (laughs) I was crying all the way through Little Women because I was just so happy with it. But I couldn't finish the movie. Like, as soon as Bob Odenkirk came in and said Little Women, I just, like, lost it and walked out and smoked a cigarette and then came back in. But I, I, I came back into the theater. And in between movies, I went 
into the Rise of Skywalker and I came in right at the very end sequence and I would just, I, I live streamed it. I was just like this because there's nobody in the theater. And I was like, this is, I was just like, here is my, my existential crisis in film form. Oh, um, yeah. No. It's, oh, fuck. That fucking just like, like, who are you? I'm Ray. Ray who? Bitch, who the fuck are you? Fuck off. Who cares? They just some, yeah, some random lady out in the middle of nowhere there just to, you know, ask nosy questions for no reason whatsoever, just to, except just to get like, you know, to, uh, to justify oh, the, the title. Yeah. 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 The, the, I think one of the reasons that upset me so much though, was because there's that moment in the festival where that kid runs up to her. Yeah. They and did it's it. just, it's genuinely like just this sort of sweet little human character moment. But then you find out it's like this fucking Sid Field screenwriting 202 bullshit where they're like, mm-hmm. well, we've got to have a hook for a revelation at the close. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this needs to take place on page 34. And I was just like, uh... oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. No, Sorry. I walk out. Okay. I walk, Wait, I, no, hold on. I, I wa- I'm gonna... Every time I watched it, I walked out before that, actually, because it was just too like they totally infantilize the first female heroine in Star Wars, like they like they do normally anyway, because like you know everybody has to be Ahsoka. They have to be pure virginal and never actually have a life. Like you know that's how the Jedi way goes. But like, I'll bet Ahsoka it's like smashed after she got out. I think she smashes. I, I think, think she got people smashed. are really upset about her like being an adult now. Like that's most of the drama on Twitter and Star Wars right now is, oh my God, you're sexualizing Ahsoka and she's 17. She's a minor. Um, I'm not going to even get into that. This is just stupid shit that I get to see because I'm still friends with a lot of people in the fandom. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the nightmare mode right now for everybody. So, like, Doomsday Clock ends with Dr. Manhattan traveling into the past and kidnapping somebody's kid. And then he, like, raises the kid as his own for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the kid... To uh, Dan and Lori, a night owl and Silk Spectre, and he's like, "Here's this kid that I need you to adopt, and I need you to raise him to be a hero." <laughs> and the last page has uh, the kid uh, say, "Hi, I, my name's Clark," and he has like the Doctor Manhattan symbol on his head because Doctor Manhattan realized that because he had a bad childhood, he couldn't be the hero that the Watchmen universe needed. <sighs> Who wrote this shit? Modern Jeff D- Johns, who's yeah. basically the chief creative officer of the DC universe. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. He runs the show over there. <sighs> I don't know. If you've got crappy parents, you can't be a superhero. That's great. Sort of a sort of a nice mirror to a Spider-Verse in that regard, where he's like, anybody can wear the mask. And it's like, wait, wait, how many parents do you have? Are they still <laughs> happily married? Yeah. Fuck off. No, get out. <laughs> Are, you, are they still alive? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, well, I'm going to call it, y'all. It's yep, have been a good night. A, yep, it's All been right. a fun I'll night. See you guys soon. I see how it is.